because you know why? He's a Frankenstein's monster. Ugh, he's grotesque. Oh. <laughs> he's so grotesque. <laughs> this is part of the lore now, is that we have Frankenstein monsters fighting in the U.S. Army. Why well, is this always a challenge? It's always hunting season. And then when it's always hunting season. My toe bone's connected to my foot bone. My foot bone's connected to my heel bone. My heel bone's connected to my ankle bone. That's how they connected those dry bones. Do, 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 do. Hello, and welcome to another amazing, one-of-a-kind genre-defining uh, right on pitch and time and key Ooh. episode of the monster hunters the only show that dares to shun everything in existence but one single 60-ish year old sitcom about a frankenstein's monster and his grotesque family my name is derek and i'm a monster hunter joining me on the monster headed sectional of monsterism for another week of uh extravagant retelling of uh, an episode of this show uh, is the one and only Sean DMC himself, Keith. Hey, hey, what's up? KG, a.k.a. Sean DMC, Monster Hunter extraordinaire. That's about it. Okay. And then sitting down at the end of the couch, he's he's tuning up his uh, keytar. Uh, it is the Dr. Dre of Kansas. Terry. Hello, I only sing in tune. <laughs> and this is how I'm doing the whole episode. Oh, man, I'm going to hold you to that. You, you oh, know. But luck- luckily, Derek's going to add uh, the opposite of auto-tune to this to make my voice sound normal. Oh, thanks, Derek. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure I do that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of extra work to do to un-auto-tune. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's fine i mean yeah. on top of your normal foley work duties to also on auto tune i mean ugh, yeah your production yeah. is is going i mean you know if you work for anybody else besides the monster hunters uh you'd be charged mm-hmm. big fees for this production work yeah probably uh so mm-hmm. many sound effects that i add I, I, and then, <laughs> oh yeah I a click at the beginning of an episode things like yeah. that uh, all sorts of fun mm-hmm. noises he, he fully works half my lines huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the things that Derek has to use to to put together to make Terry's voice is crazy. It's just me. I'm a master impressionist. I'm like Rich Little. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Terry, do you know impressive. who Rich Little is? Mm, no, I don't. I don't. He's yeah. <laughs> a master impressionist. I, think yeah. it, like, I got the context. Though. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think his two biggest voices were Johnny Carson and Ronald Reagan. Mm. Okay. Do you and know who just, those two people are? Because I want to see if Derek <laughs> is taking any more steps to security, or if that's yep, just my yep, job. Yep, yep, yep yeah, I know so that. that. That just dates uh, the rich little phenomena. Mm-hmm. I used to be enamored with that guy and his skills to like mimic people's voices. Yeah, I mean, isn't there a who is it? Bill Hader doesn't he do a lot of impressions? He does some, <clears> but not like Rich. Rich Little was like everybody. Um, who's the one okay. guy that used to be on Mad TV that does? Uh, <sighs> You know, I'm talking about he's does the Sunday NFL stuff on Fox. Does it really Caliendo? Yeah, that guy. He, uh, what's his name? Caliendo. That's yeah. his name. Frank uh, Caliendo. Frank. I think he said Rick. And I was like, I knew no. that wasn't right. Uh, he does a lot of impressions too. It was like a good Charles Barkley. Yeah. 
Apparently, the key to a good impression is you find the one, like one little thing, mm-hmm. and then that's kind of like what you start with all the time to get you into the voice. Yeah, you have to have that thing that brings you back. Yeah, yeah, but don't want to go too deep because then you might get lost in the character. Oh yeah, and exactly. Become yeah. that person, mm-hmm. and then you have to go and kill them and resume their life. Yeah, yeah. It's almost happened want... there a few times. He almost became me, and yeah, <laughs> yes. got ugly. I had to pull myself out. That that's always the the threat of. Being a master impressionist. I mean, it's why I quit doing my Christopher Walken impression. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad you did that too. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Some people can walk the walk, but Keith, he can talk the walk. <laughs> yes, he can. He can talk the walk and walk the walk and cock the cock. I don't know. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. <laughs> he does all those things yeah. and more. But before we can even dive into what any of those things could possibly be normally i'd say how are you guys doing but i feel like we've just done that with how are you prompt. doing Derek? You okay oh, oh yeah, yeah i'm fine i'm great all right then uh, move on let's roll yeah usually we you know we we spend a lot of time you know just like hey how you doing i'm doing great mm-hmm. blah 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 and then we do it again we do it twice you I mean like we, sure. we recap something that might have just been told to us <laughs> once before <laughs> yeah that, that is right. true we do a lot of Fair recapping enough. But I, well, let me just throw aside all my notes I had planned to talk about <laughs> my week. But... Well, hold on. Terry, how are you doing this week? Good. All right. <laughs> well, now that we got that out of the way, Terry, recline. Because Keith's right. going to stand up and he's going to yeah. go saunter his way <clears throat> over to the mantle. Take that dusty-ass book down. It's volume <laughs> two of the Monster Hunter Why song. Why so dusty? I don't know. I, and, I've asked them to check the filtering uh stuff here but i they tell me everything's working right i don't know why I, yeah i don't know either it is so goddamn dusty i don't get it lily's been in here who has lily she's been lily oh. reverse vacuuming that mm-hmm. reverse vacuum i hate that reverse vacuum i'm derailed now anyway keith <laughs> why don't you re-rail me <laughs> right. no. come on keith just re-rail him <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's not the way to get back Somebody's on track. Somebody's got to do it, and he asked you nicely. So get in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get us back on track, Keith, with uh, this week's installment of the Monster Hunters Almanac. <laughs> back to of the week. Volume two. Volume two. Yeah. Um, all right, will success spoil Herman Munster? <laughs> Folks, you're not gonna believe this. It came out on a Thursday. Oh my god, Ooh. December 2nd, 1965. It was the 336th day of the year. It was the 48th Thursday of the year. We only got a couple more Thursdays left. Um, oh no, and we'll, and we'll be a new year ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you never know. Every day it could be the last <laughs> round. Here. Yeah. There are 212 days left before this episode becomes 58 years old, and there have been 20,972 days from uh, since it last uh, originally or since it originally aired. Now, for uh, if anybody is wondering, sometime on August 10th, 1997, this episode had been uh, around in in, in the uh, in the universe for about a billion seconds. Whoa! Point Whoa. Some sometime on that day. Wow, oh, man! Wow. Now uh, we got some news for that week. 
Well, but well, not, <laughs> Which week? not not for that, not for December second, nineteen sixty five, but on a December second uh, oh. related thing in nineteen ninety three, Colombian drug lord Pablo Escobar was shot and killed in Medellin. Nothing happened in sixty seven or sixty five or whatever. I mean, I don't know about sixty seven. This show was off by then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, the Russians put uh, they crashed a a thing called Luna into the moon. One of their oh. first rocket attempts, they crashed into the moon. My dog's name is Luna. Is? Really? Ooh. Yeah. Should, okay. After that. Yeah. We, well, it's we recover. We we, <laughs> we we rescued her from the moon. <laughs> yeah. She's a true rescue dog. Mm. Wow. Well, that's really you know it's always good to rescue instead of just <laughs> yeah from the breeders. Uh, you know, I heard somebody say that you know like hey you know don't buy a dog rescue a dog. I was like holy shit that's a lot of work. So first I had to find a dog in trouble and then I had to put together a mm. plant right. So that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. And the closest one you could find was on the moon. It was like a Mission Impossible sort of thing. Yeah, I had to build a rocket and all that stuff. I'm like, kids and I were out with a telescope. I was like, is that a dog? <laughs> <laughs> so I walk around the moon. It's like, there's a dog yeah. looking really sad up there. Yeah, yeah, rescue, we got, rescue yeah, we gotta save dog. that dog. Yeah, rescue it. Yeah. Yeah. Now suddenly you got a weekend project. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We started on a Friday, got it done by Sunday afternoon, which was nice. Mm-hmm. We had crayons and construction paper and <laughs> yep. uh all right also uh that week the number one song was turn 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 by the birds Ooh. for mm. every season turn 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 no that's yeah, what that quite, was quite, quite yep. the voice you got going there yeah. i know yeah uh also world. on the same exact day on december 2nd of that year uh we might have to watch this as you know kind of a I don't know, like a, a spiritual uh, connected to uh, the cat from outer space. Uh, but that darn cat was released. <laughs> did we talk about this last week? I think we did. Yeah. I don't know how. That darn cat. We've talked about that. We've darn talked cat about before. that darn cat. Yes, we yeah. have. Haven't we? Was it last yes. week or was it the week before? I'm hmm. pretty sure. Well, I go on. Let's hear it. See, I. I Thought I had no sound before on this, but uh, after kidnapped, bank teller uses a neighbor's wandering cats and SOS. The FBI assigns a cat allergic agent to the case. Yep, we have totally talked about this. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think we went into too much depth on it, but we did. <laughs> what, um, was it a tease? <laughs> no, <laughs> I think. Uh, no, I think maybe it was just it showed up as maybe a skooma or something like that at some point in time. Oh, uh, maybe that could. I don't know. We connected it somewhere, but it stars Haley Mills, Dean Jones, Roddy McDowell. Um, it was directed by Robert Stevenson. He's also he yeah, was, and I went uh, Robert Louis Stevenson from Treasure Island. <laughs> fuck, there's no way I did all these. Yes, you did. <laughs> I think you did this last time. <laughs> no, this is the December second notes. Okay, and that's when this one came out. Are this you sure? Is... All right, maybe I'll let me. What's the... <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to find the episode uh, when I edit it. It's all right. He directed Old Yeller. Darby uh-huh. O'Gill and the Little People. Uh-huh. All Good. all movies we've talked about, and you even mentioned that. It's a bunch of Disney stuff. Why yeah, we, we talked talk about because we wanted to talk about wasn't there like a remake or something that we really wanted to watch? Yeah. yeah. From like why the f- two thousand five or something. We talk like about this before. With Dougie Doug. <laughs> yes, and we're gonna watch it next time. Yeah. yeah. Oh my and gosh. Then- <laughs> wow. Did I mention that Rubber Soul, the sixth studio album of the Beatles, was released in the United Kingdom on December 3rd? Maybe. I don't remember mm, that. that. I remember Dougie yeah. Doug and that darn cat, though. I remember oh. that darn cat. That's clear. In my Why head. did we talk about that darn cat? 
I don't know. Maybe you're off a week. What happened last week? Then that's what I want to know. Oh no! <laughs> uh, did I mention that in 1968, um, Lucy Liu was born on the second? That does sound familiar, but I'm. I don't know. Like, Joe Latruglio Latru- was born in 1970. No, we haven't. 1978, done this. Nelly Furtado. No, we haven't talked about Nelly Furtado at all. 1981, Britney Spears. Mm. We probably mentioned her a few times. That's not about familiar. Though. Yeah. 1983, uh, the now soon to be greatest Jets quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, we've talked about those. We talked about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. We did. We talked about Britney Spears because when you brought it up before, I was like, hmm, she's that old? Because that's as old as my sister and my brother. And I was like, wow. And and my wife, actually. So I didn't realize it. I, oh, no. Uh-oh. We've hit some weird time skip, Terry. Did the time loop happened and it only happened. Oh, no. I don't possibly. I, do we talk about the fact that it's International Sweater Vestal? <laughs> I don't remember that. No, because I, I would remember that. Okay. All what right, is going so, on? So how are we getting a mix match? <laughs> I cannot wait to hear the episode that came out last week. So I <laughs> this is I'm I'm really baffled by this. Um. Anyway, international for any if you have a birthday, um, <laughs> or if you or if you just want to celebrate um the 58th anniversary of this episode being released, uh, it's International Sweater Festival. Nice. Uh, the facts about who created this day are a little murky. The only mention uh, that really could be found out there is Boston Globe article uh, by Carolyn Johnson. Some people believe Johnson to be the one who coined the term sweater festival. Others think she may have had a partner. Um, Joe Knoxville, Tennessee <laughs> has an unrelated version of this what day, which weirdly <laughs> enough is held annually in May, whatever its wow. origins. Uh, this day sees international celebrations in almost 65 countries around the globe, including Boston, New York, London, and Auckland. Uh, basically, it's wearing a sweater vest. So <laughs> I think my favorite part is they think They're like this woman created sweater festival and other people are like, no way. Only no. one person can come up with it. She no. had to have had a mm-hmm. partner. It's like a true crime <laughs> podcast getting to the bottom of who was the hidden partner <laughs> like, behind this. Nobody she couldn't have no, done this by herself. No one mind could, could fathom <laughs> such a intense <laughs> idea as a sweater festival. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm still really baffled by all my other notes. Oh, um, Robert Louis Stevenson. Huh? Uh, yeah. Or, or if you really want to, you could celebrate business of popping corn day. Business of popping corn? Yes, the business of popping corn. Well, it (laughs) celebrates Charles' creators and his invention, the popcorn machine. Uh, His was the first large-scale commercial oil popcorn popper. was invented in 1885, first as a peanut popper. This was due to his discontentment with all the popular peanut poppers available at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, As confirmed by his great-grandson, who said, My great-grandfather had a candy store in Decatur, Illinois. He bought a peanut roaster that he didn't like and thought uh, he could do a better job. So he sold everything, moved to Chicago to build a better peanut roaster, which he proceeded to do. Uh, he had a city of Chicago peddler's license dated 1885. And that's how they started the company. Um, most people used to make popcorn by uh, holding long handled wire boxes, filled with kernels over fires, although mm-hmm. effective for home consumption uh, were inadequate for commercial use. And his machines invented through his C creators and company, in 1885, that soon became the practical way for businesses to do that. He had to have had a partner. He so, couldn't have been. Yeah. No yeah. way he could have done that on his own. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was Carolyn Johnson. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's a peanut popper? What is that? Peanut roaster, right? Yeah. Peanut Wait, roaster. You said popper before peanut popper. 
Uh, right. I said peanut roaster, but then he last used, week you he, said peanut popper. Keep this week. Uh, I said peanut roaster. We did not talk about this one last week. Uh, he he mentioned well, he had a peanut roaster, but he didn't like how it worked. And then okay, he okay. made a new one of those, and thus also created uh, this popcorn okay. popper. Fresh popcorn was caught in a storage bin. Additionally, steam was diverted to a whistle, which mm. caught the attention of customers. Ooh, I like the whistle. Yeah, we're just like whoop whoop. Yeah. Did uh, I ever tell you my whistle story? No. Yeah, last week you did when we talked about... um, (laughs) This is a real quick one, and it sits in my brain all the time. We were at Walmart. (laughs) Oh, boy. I I know. And I think we lived in Florida or Louisiana at the time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Because it was just me and the wife. The kids weren't around yet. And, oh uh, boy. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> we got it on. And no, <laughs> I, that's how that, that's how my first child was conceived. Wow, no. That's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> so we're there and um I just hear this woman or this kid, she's like, he, he goes, Can I have a whistle? And the mom's <laughs> like, No, you can't have a whistle. We got a whistle at home. And I'm like, oh, my God, this kid wants a whistle. And the mom won't let him have a whistle. And this argument went on just like that. We got a whistle at home. I want a whistle. Now, (laughs) I I had to see (laughs) who these people were, because who would fight over whistles like this? Like, who wants a whistle (laughs) this bad? And Mm -hmm. uh, boy, the payoff is going to be real weak on this because it was just a kid and his mom. And they looked like about how you would expect the kid and his mom. now. (laughs) Oh, okay. <laughs> but, something they're like human, like li- human-sized lips or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like this little. If 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 you had an illustrated book of Humpty Dumpty, oh, <laughs> what? And Humpty Dumpty also had a mom, and they were fighting over a whistle. <laughs> that's that's what, what they looked look like. like. Wow. So the kid was Humpty Dumpty. Yes. Okay. And he really wanted to whistle, but he said he always said whistle. Uh, um, all right, uh, <laughs> you okay? Story. I like that. No, I just I'm I'm trying to figure out what the time loop happens. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, <laughs> today's uh, off the uh, it's just out of control right now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it, look, if uh, you were born on the same day this episode came out, your birthday numbers are 12 to 1965, giving you a life path number of eight. Represents experience, authority, and endeavor. You're gifted and natural with leadership. Uh, and you have the capacity to accumulate great wealth. Oh, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Yvonne DiCarlo, she was born on September 1st, 1922, giving her a oh, life path wow. number of six. She's a September birthday. I'm a yeah, September yeah. birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guess that's the same life path number? No. I don't know. I think mine um, was like a five. Yeah, she's got a six. People yeah. born with life path. Number of six, embrace their emotions and lead with their heart. They give off warm and inviting energy that others want to be around. I mean, this really came through in her. I swear to God, character. every one of these sounds the same. They do. They do. <laughs> yeah, she has a, uh, the natural ability to connect with others and offer aid and advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Six people do well as professional counselors, mentors, and teachers. <laughs> six uh, they're natural. They're no. Uh, life path six people. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Um, these people these are, <laughs> and they've yeah. all come and gone. So there's no good counselors out there at all. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you got to be real lucky to get somebody good for you to help yeah. you out. With yeah, counseling. yeah. They're uh, natural humanitarians, eager to speak up, raise funds, offer emotional support. 
probably get told to shut the hell up quite often, stuff like that. <laughs> Why is that? It sounds like they get into people's business too much, I'll be honest with you. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, that's uh, so we've done Herman, we've done Grandpa, we've done Lily. Uh, we will uh, check out Eddie's life path number next oh, week. Man. Can't wait to so that's all the teas. It is, it is. Come on back next week, find out. Yep, I can't wait to hear about more popcorn machines. Also, hey, send in uh you can send us uh, a message on Twitter or or like an email. You can send it to us and tell us uh, your birthday and I'll I'll give a life path reading to you. <laughs> <laughs> Since, since we don't want to go uh, any further into anything, let's. Uh, I'm going to throw the book up here. Uh, I'm going to dive into my seat because you guys are already slowly reclining uh, and, oh. and going down. You guys have already started the descent, so I have to jump in as quickly okay. as possible. Yeah. Uh, we said recline a while ago. Um, and like I said, mm-hmm. I am right halfway down. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. halfway down. Luckily, it moves slow. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith, mm-hmm. thanks for joining us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we've, we've just been hearing his voice mm-hmm. echo down the tunnel. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. You probably thought it was Keith Urban or Keith Van Horn. Keith Van Horn, yes, the the ultra celebrity that everyone mm-hmm. knows, Keith yeah. Van Horn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, now know, and, we now know we now know what episodes Keith has been catching up on today. <laughs> yeah, the most recently <laughs> released one upon this recording. Here we are. We've landed into the Skuma X Dome. Yep. Naming rights still TBD. Um, and what we need to do is we need to. Hop on that ship because Captain Terry is going to take its additional in an uh, an additional two point seven five miles out into international waters, and we're going to dive deep to the gates of hell for another edition of Skuma X. All right, so this X, episode was X X X. Yes, there we go. Um, <laughs> we're down here in the extreme schema X, of course, uh, where we're going to talk about someone who is the most extreme monster hunters. Wait, no, he doesn't direct monster hunters, but he does direct the monsters. Ezra Stone, he's the oh. most extreme director. We're in that Stone Age. Yep, yep. And of course, we talked about him a trillion times, so I'm not even going to go into any detail yeah. about him this week. It's not Emma Stone, nor is it Ezra Pound. <laughs> That's correct. And he doesn't <laughs> have a cool band with his kid. No, nope. he doesn't. No, nope, no. Nope. He's not uh, a Tibble. He's a stone. His dad might be a chemist, but I'm not going to mention it because <laughs> but that's pretty times. cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think you said. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm not going to go into it this time, though. And, um, you know, some people no, I think really he's, like I think he's, I think you said that last week, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just possible. Oh Ezra Stone's all around us. That's true. I talk about him <laughs> in my daily life, too, all the time. It's like yeah. Gaia. Yeah, after I go through all my quotes every week, he's <laughs> like Gaia, yes, <laughs> Mother Earth himself. Wow, <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Oh, Today's a weird Mother, day. Mother Earth himself. Hmm. <laughs> well, we'll just pass on by Edge Stone, and we're going to talk about the writing credits on this. Oh we my got. gosh, there were so many of them. Yeah, well, we got it. It was written by Joe Conley and Bob Mosher. Uh-huh. They wrote the teleplay, but the story was by Lou Shaw, which is a name we haven't actually heard before at all. It was interesting when it showed it on screen. It, it, it said like something by Lou Shaw, teleplay by Kosher Monley, and then it's or whatever their names are. I can't uh, Bob and Skippo. And then at the bottom, <laughs> I don't know. It said story by uh, the whatever this guy's name is. 
I don't remember. It's not the bear guy. It's the this new guy, Shaw. Yep, Lou Shaw. Yeah, so yeah, it's not the the guy we usually get who comes in and does a story. It's Lou Dick Shaw. Conway. Dick Conway, right? And yeah, so Lou Shaw's fresh blood, which is always very exciting because it feels like we haven't talked. Is about this new... the first time the Shaw man's been on here? The first time Shaw man's been here, and the last time Shaw man. Oh no! Been here. So you know, of course, we'll have him in memoriam and talk about his impact <laughs> on the mustard. You know. <laughs> Let's, be no well, let's go over all the episodes he's written and we'll we'll see where yep. he ranks in history. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we've talked about Joe Conley, Bob Mosher, but we're not going to talk about him this time because we got Lou Shaw. It's very exciting. Um, he's got 61 writing credits on IMDb. His nice. biggest two recurring writing jobs were for a show called The Fall Guy, which we've talked about. Oh, yeah. He did 22 episodes of that show. Um, and he was also the creator of a show called Quincy M.E. M.E. Mm. or M.D.? M.D. M.E. Medical Examiner. Medical oh, Examiner. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. He's a coroner mm-hmm. who investigates suspicious deaths. And I guess he's a little bit crabby. He's a little bit angry at things. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a bit of a temper. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, he was the creator of that. So he's credited on every single episode. So it's like good a Columbo Shaw. meets CSI type deal. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's 148 episodes of that show, so it was probably pretty popular, more than the Munsters. So uh, he also wrote the U.S. screenplay for something mm-hmm. called Crypt of the Living Dead. Which oh, is, like the yeah. idea. Yeah, it's uh, it's about some archaeologists who dig up a couple of vampires. Mm. Which I, I've got to assume that that's like the worst fear of every archaeologist is like just digging and oh dang it there's a vampire then, <laughs> yeah a whole like you yep. coven of them but they're mm-hmm. not coven well what's a group of vampires coven. called like a flock or mm. it has to start like v i feel like like a, mm. a flock a vestibule a vestibule of vampires oh yes. that's good mm-hmm. yeah. mm. okay it's like it's a coven mm. a coven mm. instead of a coven yeah, yeah keith's coven, making a coven reference coven to a movie too much that... like uh oven yeah Oh, okay. Is that, uh, <laughs> is that Amer- American movie? Is that what that is? I don't remember what it's called. I don't. American I don't know Pie? if I've ever seen it. I just know that line because you've mentioned the it before. Not only the line show. that anybody remembers out of that. Yeah. Um, it's like a fake documentary about okay. making of a fake movie. It's about witches or something. Yes, mm-hmm. but he, he but he calls the guy calls it Coven instead of Coven, and when somebody asks, him, he's like, "Well, because Coven sounds too much like Oven." Ah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he had to be there, Terry. <laughs> um, so I think this movie was originally like a Spanish film, and Lou Shaw wrote like the English dub for it. Uh, oh. So, yeah, the trailer's kind of weird. Uh, at least the one I saw, it was like the narrator keeps calling the movie Hannah, Queen of the Vampires. So mm. maybe this went by multiple titles. He, uh, he kind of just keeps saying weird one-liners all over the trailer. Like, uh, they dig up Hannah, he goes... Can you dig it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you dig it? <laughs> Just like the Warriors. Yeah, I guess that was a big thing back then. Um, <laughs> he gets really angry sounding and says, you next sucker as Hannah goes to suck blood. Uh, there's like cool organ music playing in the background. It's pretty nice. Uh, that's what kind of made me actually want to watch the movie. I love organ. So, you know, if the soundtrack's anything like that, you know, I'm in on it, but yep. whatever. Uh, I don't know. I think he might be a vampire expert, Lou Shaw, because he also wrote something called The Bat People, 
Mm. which is about a man who gets bitten by a bat and starts mm-hmm. to turn into some sort of man bat like creature. Mm. Yeah. Does he turn into the man bat? Uh, I think it's a legally distinct man bat. Okay. That's, sure. uh, mm. Also part man, part bat and attacks people and such. Um, mm-hmm. The narrator, narrator in that trailer doesn't really have any cool clips or anything. He just keeps saying it lives by night over and over again. <laughs> so, Well, he doesn't lie. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Uh, that's the first thing they teach you about bat people. They live by night, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like the monsters. Mm-hmm. Or so they say, allegedly. Mm-hmm. So this episode has a guest star, uh, Gary Owens, as Dick Willits. He, mm-hmm. he has mm-hmm. he has acting oh, credits from 1949 yeah. to 2018. What's so funny over there, Keith? I, don't, I, was, I was saying Dick Willits made me laugh. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It just caught, caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyways, he's, mo- <laughs> oh, bitch. Uh, he's mostly known for being a good narrator and a voice actor. He's, <laughs> he's also he's a radio DJ, famous radio mm-hmm. DJ, I guess. Uh, he said that one of the greatest moments of his life is when John Wayne imitated him, dressed up like him and did his like signature DJ move of cupping his hand around his ear. So <laughs> his signature mm-hmm. DJ move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, I guess he was known for doing that. I will say in watching this episode, like when one of the scenes where with him in it and he's he's talking like the scene when all the mail comes in, he's talking they're talking about it. I was like, Man, that guy's voice is like really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Very and, then, and so I went and like looked up trying to figure out if I knew him from any, from any place else. I, I don't think I recognized anything else uh for him, but I was like, Man, that guy's got a really great voice. Yeah, he, he, most of his roles are like uh, narrators or like announcers and stuff. Um, his most prolific ones were probably being the voice of Space Ghost, though, which is pretty cool. He's and Space way. Ghost? He's Space Ghost, yeah. Even in Space Ghost Coast Coast? Mm, maybe for like one or two episodes, but I think he died and somebody had to take over for him. So. Oh, no. Yeah, kind of a bummer. But yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. At least he was the OG Space Ghost. Yeah. Yeah, and I only learned that Space Ghost was like a '60s cartoon, like only in like the past year. Oh, yeah, yeah. You I, thought it was just Space Ghost Coast to Coast, and they made up? No, no, no. Like I thought the first Space Ghost cartoon was like an '80s thing, because hmm. it used to be on USA Network all the time when I was a kid. I watched it all the time. I didn't know it was from the '60s. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, and he he did voice Space Ghost in the Batman Brave and the Bold episode, so he was doing it up until that point. Batman Brave and the Bold, the animated one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, so then he would have done Coast to Coast. He must have, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was also the Blue Falcon in the Dino Mutt Dog Wonder Show, mm-hmm. which I only know that guy from uh, Scooby Doo. And I think he, that thing, Blue Falcon shows up in Dexter's Laboratory at some point. I don't know. Uh, but most of his roles really were, like I said, announcers, reporters, narrators. Uh, he's a, in a bunch of like animated shows. Like uh, they're like weird animated shows. These would be perfect for a Keith side project. Um, that was great, wasn't it? He was in. He was Commander Ulysses Farrell in twenty-two episodes of SWAT Cats, the Radical Squad. <laughs> SWAT Cats, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's about two cats who are mechanics by day, but they're like Batman-esque superheroes by night. Oh man, I love mm-hmm. the idea of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's very yeah, like everyone's cats or dogs or you know some sort of animal. IMDb description says that they were demoted fire fighter pilots. So that explains where they got their awesome jet, I guess. They just let them keep it or something. I don't know. Uh, there was also a show called Skeleton Warriors, 
where he was just credited as voice. So I don't know if he was just like mm. the narrator or just like a, just multiple voices. I don't know. But this show is about evil skeletons that uh, they want this magic crystal that powers the world. And this guy named Prince Lightstar must battle evil skeletons to save the planet. Mm. Yeah, it's classic. Mm. Uh, it, it's kind of like He-Man where it's like there's lots of magic stuff, but there's also futuristic technology. Skeletons like He-Man. Shop- Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the he-man's got that weird like tank thing he drives right or main yeah. arms does yeah so basically this is just masters of the universe uh-huh well I, and the, the big villain's a skeleton like being who run who's evil and wants to rule the world yeah. like he-man just yeah mm. hmm. interesting mm. yeah the, the 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 clip i saw the skeletons are blasted by laser guns there's flying cars I would feel bad to leave out something I recognized that he was in uh, and I was excited about. He was the narrator for a show called Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. What? Whoa, one more time. <laughs> uh, the show is called Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Okay. Which is the American version of a Japanese show called Gridman, the Hyper Agent. Jesus. <laughs> um. So I mean I think Bread, for- bread Man the Hyper Agent <laughs> <laughs> Grid Grid oh. not Bread the Bread Man <laughs> it was Bread Man <laughs> I don't know translations are weird I had no idea <laughs> Bread Man nice yeah I was about to tell you the the origin the, the, like the premise of the show but I wish it was about just like a piece of bread that's acting as if he's a man or another <laughs> no, it's not even a man with bread like qualities it is a piece of bread <laughs> with man like qualities okay. yes yes mm-hmm. okay yeah. uh, well, now I know the uh, next thing I'm gonna be working on though I- Red man, the hyper yep. agent. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah script <laughs> all right yeah, that's cold yeah uh, but basically, the premise of the show is like there's a villain that creates viruses in the form of these kaiju monsters, mm. um, and he like sends them into the computer verse to wreak havoc. So like everything takes place inside of like this computer, and the hero has the ability to go into the computer to stop them, and he becomes like a giant superhero named Servo. Well, in the American version, his name is Servo, but he is Gridman in the Japanese <laughs> one, not Breadman. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's pretty like Power Rangers esque if you're familiar with that, uh-huh. uh, like giant monsters, robots, all that stuff. Um, the American version kept all the original Japanese monster versus giant people stuff, but replaced all the like human actor scenes with American actors, kind of like, like Power Rangers, just like Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the American version, apparently Tim Curry played the big bad guy. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> bread man. Um, bread man. <laughs> bread man's arch nemesis. Bread man. This is, that could be like a Mega Man villain. Didn't Mega Man just have a bunch of like something man? <laughs> yes. Saw man, leaf man. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually they just ran out. Here's bread man. Just <laughs> I don't bread know. We need a new villain. The guy's eating a sandwich. Just like uh, bread uh, man. <laughs> Pastrami man. No, bread man's better. <laughs> yeah, we like your characters. Man. It fits on the screen. Yeah, it's catchy. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, if I had a power, probably bread or something like that. I'd eat myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I actually do have the Blu-ray of Gridman. Um, I own that. Uh, you do? <laughs> because of this episode or you no. had it previously? Okay. 
no god no i don't i don't go and buy everything i mentioned uh, imagine my like crazy collection of all these weird movies <laughs> <laughs> i wish i did i wish i should start doing that um but no, no, I, have, I, have, I have two copies of that darn cat thanks Keith. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you mentioned it twice i have to buy it again so, um <laughs> <laughs> that darn cat headquarters <laughs> alarms are going off yeah. from like two have sold in two weeks what's going on it's time for a reboot <clears throat> this thing's hot yeah. <laughs> yeah what's Dougie Doug up to I think he's dead sir <laughs> all right um there's also an anime series about this um that I own that too uh and that's actually really good just throwing it out there but anyways yeah I don't think Gary Owens is involved in the anime at all or Okay. The Japanese version of Gridman, but I want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. All that to say, we should float to the surface using these nice buoys okay. I've installed that will gently reach us to the surface without any turbulence or anything like that. Oh, nice oh. and relaxing. Yes. Yeah. Did you say we we should float via buoys, Terry? Is that what you said? <laughs> I did. Yeah, nice and gently, calmly out there. Well. Unfortunately, I was sitting down here and the whole bread man thing got me thinking and what better uh-huh. way to power my fast twitch muscle cells than with uh, some bread. And I chowed down on some complex carbohydrates and waited for them to digest. Uh, so I started oh. at the beginning of the thing and it finished digesting right when you said bread man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I use that energy much like a marathon runner eats a bunch of spaghetti the night before. And I just, I blasted my way up to the water. I found these buoys and uh, <laughs> I broke them all in half and I blasted them. <laughs> yeah, oh, so, so we're sinking back down. Yeah, oh, so I don't okay. need no stinking buoys. What are they here for? <laughs> Smashed them. All right. And then I'm back. I've been back up here in the Skuma X dome right. for quite some time. We got these, uh, the skate pod again to reach the surface. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I destroyed those buoys mm-hmm. with the power of bread. And well, bread is powerful. Yeah, it can be in the wrong hands. Mm. I mean, it's Oprah's weakness. So <laughs> bread, bread. Yeah. Every time I've had to face off against Oprah, that's I've always won <laughs> because of bread. Yeah, yeah. But I always forget her weakness until the end. I think she used to do a Weight Watchers commercial, and that was like the like she came out. She's like. You know what? My weakness is bread. <laughs> yeah, and she was so stupid to say that on a commercial. Oh, you never yeah. say your weakness. You don't give out your weakness like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, so every time I've had to fight her, I've just been like, at the end of the fight, I'm like, oh, yeah, bread, and I'll throw bread at her. <laughs> it's-, it's always like a really like close fight at first, and then, yeah, you pull out the... <laughs> yep. Let's clap. That's always how it goes with the Yeah, she's, she puts up a great fight, but as soon as bread goes into the <laughs> equation. Mm-hmm. And I'm always... See, the fight starts... Not in a bakery, but always ends in a bakery. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because she's uh, nigh unstoppable unless she get in her near a bakery. <laughs> yep. And and I'll go to reach for the bread and she'll kick it away. And, mm-hmm. you know, you'll see the bread spinning off in the distance. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, no. But I always am able to get my way back over to the bread. Yeah. I heard if, um, you, shoot, if you shoot bread at, in a cannon at somebody, it works out. Yeah, I bet you could, like, time it right to somebody's singing. But maybe that's... It's a topic for another time. But right now, let's... That's uh, how I'm finally going to take her down. Yep. <laughs> launch launch bread at her from a distance. Um, speaking of launching things from a distance, uh, this week's prime ribs uh, is... Mm. Yeah, well, I, I've been I've been 
this is legit. I've been thinking about, do I want to explore a less meat diet, <laughs> right? <Do I> want, <laughs> From prime like, rib? Maybe not necessarily a vegetarian diet, but maybe okay. like a vegetarian diet with the occasional hamburger or something like that, right? Okay, okay. So I've been thinking about that. Not weekly prime rib uh, concoctions? Well, so this is where we're at, right? And I'm thinking like, well, I I have an idea. Should I do this? I I talked to the the Munster Hunters uh, Man Cove chefs. I said, please whip up your best vegetarian prime rib. (laughs) (laughs) Impossible prime rib. It's an (laughs) impossible prime. And that's what they came up with. And um, they grew this in the lab and they roasted it off for us. So go ahead and, you know, Uh, get yourself a slice. They grew it Mm. in a lab. So is (laughs) it still meat or is it? It, well, that's impossible. Uh, That's what makes it so impossible. It's beyond prime. It's beyond prime. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, it's been, you know, roasted in its own juices all day. I don't know where the juices come from, but they're there. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's, the, that's, the that's the lab made stuff is the juices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So enjoy it. We'll find out how it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's all plant based. Um, so. Oh, okay. So it's not just some sort of being they grow in a. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, totally vegetarian. We created our own being. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it is what it is. I don't know. We'll try it out. But mm. yeah, not uh, bad. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as the texture is the same, then it should be all right. Well, that's usually I, what gets me. You know, the textures. Whenever you have something that's faux meat, the texture is always the same. Always. It's always. Always spot on. Yeah. Always mm-hmm. spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of spot on and always. We're here to talk about <laughs> season nice. two, episode 12 of the Munsters. It's called Will Success Spoil Herman Munster? Wow, what a weird title. It is a terrifically terrible title. And as Keith said, this song bitch came out December 2nd, 1965, which is like the nine millionth Thursday of time or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In all of time. Yes. In all of time. Yep. Yeah, they have to count when the first Thursday was created because I mean, yeah, were days yeah. Thursdays before yeah. whenever that happened. I don't know. It, well, it'd be like the the fifth day after the Big Bang or something like that. Yeah, the first God first created the world, <laughs> then man, yeah. then Thursdays. Yep, yep. <laughs> this is the third day. He's like, well, what's tomorrow? Oh, Thursday, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Called Thursday doesn't make sense, my lord. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, name it after Thursday. my friend Thor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> freaking yeah. pals. Yeah, we're buddies. <laughs> I told him I'd do it. Yeah. Yeah, I lost a bet, so. <laughs> Anywho, uh, the description of this episode is a local DJ wants to make Herman a singing star. And it gets a 7.7 7 on IMDb. Wow. Which might be our highest of the season so far. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I think maybe. 7.7, 7.8, 7.6? Did we get seven, a 7.8 seven, at one point? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. This one gets a 7.7. 7. And oh, start- 7.8. Herman's driving test was 7.8. Okay. Yeah. That was last week, right? Yep. 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 Some time right. ago. Oh, yeah. This is the second highest. Okay. Well, yep. It starts. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what you're apologizing for. I'm, I'm quickly ranking the episodes in my head so far because this is the 12th one. And I'm like, is it the second best? Maybe. Um, it starts with a stinger and a title card, title card, which doesn't seem to be the way they've been starting as of late. Mm-mm. Felt but very different. One. And Especially a slightly different stinger. Yeah, I enjoyed that. 
this episode it feels way different across the board. It does. It does. It starts. Um, it. I'll be honest. It feels to me like there's a lot of stuff that goes on it that feels to me like it's somehow like a leftover from maybe not season one, but like early some like like the first half of season one. Like like they didn't just get the end, but like they just had this sitting around someplace. Obviously, oh, like once really? Pat Priest joins in. Because it like there's a lot of like jokes and references that they make that are like that seem like they're still trying to figure out what they're doing with them. Yeah. Um. But you know, I'll we'll hit on that. I'm sure as we go. I guess. But I that's know. the vibe that I got from it. I got the vibe that it was not a monsters episode. Um. Originally, yeah. we've gotten those before. Where it's like, oh, this could be any sitcom, e- except mm-hmm. for the opening scene here, and then. Mm, the weird resolution at the end because yeah. this yeah. opening scene is awesome. Grandpa's in the basement doing some mad scientist shit. Yeah. And he's like, I'm a mad genius. And there's like lightning bolts and he's flipping switches. And it had like a different vibe to it. I'm like, Oh, this is like an old movie. Mad scientist. Yeah. Sort of felt like they're really embracing like the old, like universal monster stuff. Yeah. It's like today, Mockingbird Heights, tomorrow, the world, and there's like lightning and rain outside. I'm like, oh my God, he's controlling the weather or something. Mm-hmm. But like, it's all for like nothing, though. I understand. And that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, oh, I'm sure this will come back and be payoff at the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. and the reason why I think this episode is not a Monsters episode, but retrofitted to be the Monsters is because there's only two things that are very monstery about the whole episode that and what happens later on herman's coming home from work the lights are out it's pouring darkness power uh he comes in lily comes shuffling with a candle what's it like outside uh you know it's been a miserable day all day until i started walking up the so i started up the walk and everybody laughs at that and I love the shot of Herman walking in. Like it's so yes. like, moody and atmospheric with the shadows over his face. It looks mm-hmm. like a Frankenstein monster from the old days, like coming in to yeah, like agreed. Yeah, but, with this... a, but he's got that giant like Herman like grin yeah, on his yeah, face the, the whole time. <laughs> that was like one of the best shots I think we've had in the whole show. Like that was yeah. really good. Yeah, that whole first minute was on point. And he's like, <laughs> "Don't like go down from here." Yeah. Well, yeah. he's like, "Oh, lightning even struck my mailbox." And then I don't. That yeah, was sure. fine. A bunch of water pours off his hole lunch in his box, mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- his, his lunchbox. Box. <laughs> his mailbox. He carries around a mailbox wherever he goes. Oh, today is one of those days, guys. Grandpa will be very pleased because he's been working on his instant weather all day. I'm like, all right, fine. Eddie's upstairs using a tape recorder, or he's, he's somewhere using a tape recorder. His friend left at the house, which is like weird. Uh, and then there's a couple roars, and the best part about the roars, the uh, closed captioning said cat sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you couldn't actually hear the audio, you would just assume it was like a meowing or mm-hmm. something. Yep. Oh, he's recording kitty. Herman says it's late and he should go lay go in bed laying awake all night. And I'm like, hmm, this yeah. is like one of the first times they explain what they do yes. at night. I was kind of happy. I was like, wow, okay. Well, at like, least they told us that they just lay there awake. <laughs> lay there awake. Why do they even go to bed? But they do. So Lily says, well, I'm going to go get his room ready. Oh, it's such a cold and clammy night. I'll leave the lid cracked. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Make it some laughs. Herman needs to go find Eddie and get him ready for bed. Yes, dear. Herman walks into the 
the front, the living room or the family room, the gathering room. And there's Eddie recording Kitty. You know, give me one more, Kitty. Whatever. Herman wipes himself off with a handkerchief and wrings it out. It's he's and, very wet. Well, but he's very wet in the previous scene. He is now completely dry. Yes. Like well, because he used that handkerchief. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, like not even like he doesn't even look like he had been out in the rain at all at that point. Like, because he just see how much water came room. out of that, that handkerchief yeah. when he wrung it out. Mm-hmm. It's very, wow. it's a sham. Wow, it's very absorbent. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Herman wants grandpa's like, best inventions. Of the, yeah, yeah, the sham wow. Oh, could you imagine grandpa doing those sham wow commercials? Yes, I would love to see that. Instead of that yeah. other guy that yeah. beat up prostitutes. I can't remember what his oh. name was. Yeah, if we can get the AI far enough, I'd love to get the AI to make a <laughs> sham wow doing a sham wow commercial. Yeah. But wait, oh there's God. more. Oh, man. With every purchase, you get this bottle of animal pills. <laughs> I thought you were going to say piss for some reason. <laughs> Come on. I really thought that was coming out of yeah. your mouth. Um, and I don't know why he'd be doing that. I guess that'd be like the AI messing up. <laughs> he doesn't mm. quite understand grandpa's like, sensibilities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ten extra fingers and bottles of animal piss. Uh, what else? Herman wants Eddie to go to bed, and he's like, fuck that. I got, the, I got this tape recorder till the morning. I need to use it. He's like, no, no. And then Eddie asked Herman to record himself so you can hear what you sound like when you're yelling at us. Which yeah, is not uh, really a Herman characteristic or a trait. He's not yelling at the monsters. No, he, he stomps around and like kind of uh, like he gives this big speech type thing. They like mm-hmm. to strut around while he does it, but he doesn't mm-hmm. ever really yell at anybody. No. He was like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. But he's not yelling at him. No. He's more like, yeah, he's not like berating them by any means. Well, Herman, mm. it's like, I'd be much too embarrassed to talk into a microphone. <laughs> he's yeah. like, no, run off to bed, you little scamp. That we have Slaps him on the ass ham. and he runs off. He's done I mean, some ham radio in the past. He's though. done ham radio in the past. Yes. And he's been on mm-hmm. stage and he's, what else is he? He's done so much other things, but getting in front of a microphone. I don't know about this. Well, because there's no audience for him to perform to, maybe. Well, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Now, he tells Eddie to have powerful dreams when Eddie runs off. I thought I said horrible dreams. Oh, maybe he did say horrible. Either yeah. way, powerful um, dreams. Wow. <laughs> that's, what I thought. That. that's why I typed down powerful. <laughs> Interesting. Eddie runs off. <laughs> Herman, though, is tantalized by the microphone mm-hmm. and he can't help himself. So he starts to record. He's <laughs> testing one, two, three. <laughs> and he laughs and he listens to it back and hears himself. And then he hears the laugh and he frightens himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that he like laughs and like that's the first thing he thinks to record. Is his, yeah. like, just laughing at nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he is he's frightened and he goes, oh, wait. It's only us around here. So, like, he thought there was another person in the house. I I, so you heard he, that evil laugh. Mm. Is the Invisible Man hanging out? I mean, I, mm, he does laugh sometime around there, but I don't know. But also, he like literally recorded it ten seconds prior. Like, I know. Remember that you laughed yourself. I mean, yeah. He was. He was really this new Fandango technology. He, I still thinks cameras steal his soul for all we know. I don't know. <laughs> then he props the microphone up on the mantle, walks away, turns around, gives it a point. He points at the microphone, inhales deeply, 
and then makes the sounds of a recorded uh, recorded elephant. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he is what opens his mouth and sounds it, like an elephant. What is happening? Yeah. I don't know that he this pounds on weird. his chest. It makes more elephant sounds. <laughs> the cat runs away. The bird mm-hmm. pops out of the clock, flies away and says, head for the hills. It's King Kong. Now, did you notice that it's not Mel Blanc? Yeah, it isn't. It no. is not. It is a different voice. I said, I'm like, hmm, that's not Bugs Bunny. I yeah, look it up. There's it's, a handful of episodes where it's somebody different than it's Bob him. Hastings. Mm, Don't wow. know who that is. It's Some not. Guy. It's not. Uh, at first, I was like the guy from Roger Rabbit, but that's Bob that's, Hoskins. Uh, Bob, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mario himself <laughs> mm-hmm. wasn't him. Um, Herman. So does he have elephant lungs or something? Like, how can he do this? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. Maybe he's got like, a little trunk in his throat. Well, <laughs> they, they couldn't find enough human throat, so they just put a huge elephant trunk in there. What instead. if it comes out like a xenomorph? Uh, oh, thing? <laughs> if you look real deep in there, mm-hmm. mm. you zoom um, in on his laughter. Oh, oh you start getting closer. <laughs> See that thing start wiggling its way out. Ugh. If you throw peanuts out, it like lures it out too. <laughs> is the movie King Kong? Is that a universal like property as well? It might be actually, yeah. That's what I was thinking it was. I mean, even though it did sound like elephants, like clearly that it is that how the original is that how the original King Kong sounded back in the 1933 movie. The uh, RKO pictures. I don't know. He is no longer owned by Universal as of 2017. OK, King so Kong. maybe they owned it before that. OK, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I don't I haven't seen that one uh, in quite a while. Outside of a small clip in um, Amazon Women on the Moon, part that I was that I've recently watched, um, but I was kind of wondering—is that maybe that's the same noise? An elephant um, noise? Yeah, like I mean, I they just, just they use that to him beating uh, his chest. Well, I, I, that, yeah, well, I obviously with the beating of the chest as well, but I didn't know if maybe that was like just audio taken straight from King Kong at that point. I do have a—I've got the dossier on him. Do you want to know King Kong's full name? Yes, Kong. Oh. You want to know his alias? Yes. The eighth wonder of the world. Mm. You want to know what his about- family? Oh. Prince Kong. So there's Little Kong. Mm-hmm. Lady Kong. Yes. Baby Kong. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And deceased parents. <laughs> deceased <laughs> parents Kong. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Just okay. some fun facts for you. Wow, that's a lot of Kong knowledge I never have before. Kind of like the Donkey Kong mm. family. Crazy Kong, yeah, Kong Cranky Kong, Lady Kong. <laughs> <laughs> also, Mega Man villains. Bready Kong, Leaf Kong, Kong. Saw Kong. <laughs> I bet yeah. the Donkey Kongs have like an in-universe game. It's like Mega Man, but for kong-like creatures <laughs> that'd be awesome i'd play it and after herman scares the bird and the cat off he says boy am i scary or am i scary and that's when we get our banger mm-hmm. any banger thoughts this week no uh no no okay i think Just... we've exhausted the banger <laughs> for now Mm-hmm. <laughs> for now the, the the key is you know you really hone in on it for a few weeks and then you just like let the mind like relax and then all of a sudden <laughs> a new wave of information starts to suddenly flow into you so yeah i, I recently um finished reading mm. the book dune um, oh so 
I just inhale a bunch of sand and sit here and stare <laughs> at the bang at the banger, and I can see all bangers past and future. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> yep. Wow. And nothing new popped out to you? No, not this time. <laughs> maybe maybe next time. It really burns inhaling a bunch of sand. <laughs> just want to let you know that. Um, yeah. It's good to be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. So we come back from the banger and we fade to Lily walking around upstairs looking for Herman. She still has the candle. She's like, come to bed, you dipshit. And he's like, nah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and he like, looks annoyed when he like it cuts down to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, why are you talking to me? Can't you see I have a guitar and a microphone? Well, she can't see him because yeah. he's, he's she's probably ruining all his takes. Yeah, He's trying to record <laughs> down there. God damn it. He's got to rewind and find the spot and tape, <laughs> tape over it again. I think like especially that second time she's like, we'll come to bed. And he's like, ah, yes, dear. Or something. Yes, like, he dear. says something where he's very annoyed. Grandpa turned off the storm and all this quiet is making me nervous. Yes, dear. And then we get we, we, Herman there sitting on the couch with an acoustic guitar in front of the microphone. Mm-hmm. And then we get this uh, the first of many weird Lily talking to the camera moments. <laughs> She's yeah, like Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the original, the OG Deadpool. OG Deadpool, Lily Munster, yeah. Oh, that husband of mine. What could be keeping him? And then the suit of armor shrugs. Which is so strange because it's <laughs> never done that weird. before. Maybe grandpa's in there. If, you, if there's a bunch of smoke pouring out of it, then yes, you can see what's inside there. <laughs> so Herman hits the record on the tape recorder, and that's when we got the, our opening clip. The first verse of him singing, I wrote Dem Bones because I remember it as a kid. My mom used to sing it Dem Bones, Dem Bones, Dem Dry Bones. That says mm-hmm. Dry Bones, right? <laughs> yes. Or it's the or it's the dog treat commercial. Them bones, them bones, them meaty bones. Or that, or I'm sure there's a million different variations of it used for advertising in lots of different ways. Yeah. But it's the classic foot bone connected to the who gives a shit bone, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's the the term dry bone just seems weird to me. I don't like thinking about. That. Yeah, I don't know. No one wants a dry bone. And then <laughs> the raven has returned to his <laughs> clock, and he pops out and he says. Sing it, Charlie. Sing it. Sing it, Charlie. Sing it. But not in the classic Mel Blanc voice, in the voice of Bob Hopkins. And then it's also like, hey, this is Herman, right? It's not the. (laughs) Yeah, it's not his brother, Charlie. That would be a good twist if it was him the whole time. Yep. And then there's another verse. After verse two, Spot pops out of the stairs and blows fire. And then there's another verse. Then the there's family, another... the pets like love this song. I pets can't tell if they love, love it or hate it. it. Yeah. Bird yeah. loves it. Spot loves it. Kitty roars. They all love it. And each verse becomes more personal to Herman. Yes. It's just like, like all guys, Dr. Frankenstein, whatever, blah, blah, blah. My shoulders are bolted mm. to my neck or whatever. I don't know. I don't <laughs> really care. Yep. Yep. It was a, uh, yeah. Cause when he first started, I was like, wow, you know what? Like I thought I was like, you know, okay, so they just picked the song that they could use for free and mm-hmm. didn't have anything. But then I was like, well, you know, like this is a smart pick because Herman probably actually does really relate to this song. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, he starts to turn it into his own story. And I was like, this is actually pretty funny. I like that they did that. And yeah, and until he sing, until he says like at the end, he's like, you know, and that's the story of Hermie Baby or whatever. He's yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, wow, I. I know the whole like the you know foot bones connected to the ankle like I'm like 
but is there a verse about Dr. Frankenstein putting somebody together? Is this like no. an actual thing? Like I'm like, what is going on here? No, that's how that's how Hermie Baby was born. <laughs> Kitty roars, spot roars. Everybody's like, woohoo. Yeah. But nobody else hears any of this. That's nope. fine. And he, and he does have a good voice, I think. I like the like I remember yeah. Herman has to sing. I like it. Sang just fine. Mm-hmm. Played the guitar just fine too. I don't know if he really played the guitar, but either way, I'm like, that's an interesting little th- ditty. Fade <laughs> two. Eddie slides down the pole from upstairs into the kitchen. And he slides in bursts. <laughs> Did you know what I'm saying? No. He slides like five feet and stops and slides <laughs> another five feet and stops. No, I finally didn't. finishes it up. Yeah. I did notice that his school books are wrapped in chains, and I don't think I've noticed that before. Oh, that's a, a nice touch. I'd never noticed before mm-hmm. either. That's a, the prop department that's mm-hmm. uh, doing overtime. See, because it's not a true Munsters episode, there's no giant prop to make. So, like, well, we got to gussy <laughs> up Eddie's books or something. Mm-hmm. Although, I will say, I think he, he's had this the whole time, just so everybody knows. Yeah. No. All right. Yeah, Sorry fine. to break fine. the fan. Be theory. that way. Jeez. Yeah. Yep, sorry. Everybody. Edit that part out. <laughs> no way. I'm gonna <laughs> put it at the beginning. It's our new intro. It's always been that way. <laughs> it's always been that way. <laughs> it's like that meme with the astronaut with the gun. <laughs> it's like it's always been. That's chains. me. We can make a meme of this. Like, wow, look at Eddie with the <laughs> chains. There's chains around <laughs> Eddie. Look, there's always been chains around. <laughs> it's me book. with the gun. It's yeah. always been like that. <laughs> so. Eddie slides down, grabs the giant thing that is the tape recorder. Grandpa's like, go be a rotten little boy today, which I found amusing. Yep. You know, see, now they're starting to play into that, like, the bad is good. Like, mm-hmm. this is where Grandpa would go, like, thank you. Yeah. Like, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think that's, like, the, one of the reasons I thought that, like, I was getting a vibe of, like, this is something they recorded much earlier on because they did do a lot of those things that we saw a lot in the first season. Yeah, of them saying like you know have a you know be a rotten little boy and all those other things. I think Lily says something to him as well. That's of a similar like nature, mm-hmm. um, yeah. as well. And, like, and so I, shit or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, that's I was like, this is very odd that they're kind of uh, falling backwards a bit in, in like what they used that's to do. That's because it's not a monsters episode. Mm-hmm. Who yes. was the guy? Uh, Bud Grant who wrote this? <laughs> uh, Lou Shaw. Lou Shaw. Lou Shaw probably had another treatment for another show. Hold on, <laughs> Hold on what? Bud no, go Grant. ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Bud Grant's a person. I don't know. Lou Shaw uh, had this story and sold it to. <laughs> I don't remember. Joe Conley and Bob Moster. Mikey and Dave sold them <laughs> the story. They're like, okay, we can make this a monstrous episode without much work. <laughs> That's what they yeah. did. So they probably just like were ram whenever there was space, they're like, okay, we gotta make this as like monsters. We gotta monster this know, up. Yeah. Fill it up with anything we can think of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so okay. Uh let's make the cat roar a lot. Yep. And yep. uh we'll throw spot in there really quick. That'll yep. be uh, that'll be perfect. And the bird, and, and it's raining, but that's nice, and all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> have yep, Grandpa yep. have the most maniacal uh, mad scientist rant <laughs> yes. ever at the beginning, and we'll never talk about it let's, again. Let's nope. really set up that Grandpa's created a weather machine to take over the world, and then, yeah, let's not worry about that. <laughs> yeah, in one of the most interesting sequences that's yes. ever existed in <laughs> Munster's history, and then just discard it like let's nothing ever happened. That. Yeah. 
That, that's a great Munsters episode right there. Grandpa creates a weather machine. Like, yep. that's good. But no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this. Yeah. Yep. So Eddie's leaving to school early, and Marilyn noticed that. You're leaving off early. No, I got to go drop off this tape recorder at Bud Willett's house. Okay. And then Grandpa's <laughs> so straight. Bud Willett left his tape recorder here? Huh. I didn't know. Like, uh, First time hearing of it. Yeah, yeah like, what? Because yeah, you're down in the basement fucking around with a weather machine, dude. Yeah. You missed the whole thing. You're creating weather, and Bud Willett came over for a visit. I mean, no one knows who Bud Willett is. We've never seen Bud Willett. We'll never see Bud Willett again. In fact, a- Bud Willett left because the weather got bad outside, and he said he had to hurry <laughs> oh, home. Shit. Storm's like- blowing in. I better go home. Can I leave my recorder class. here so it doesn't get ruined in the rain? Or I it's mean, nothing but metal, and I don't want to get struck by lightning. Yeah, yeah, we saw him to Herman. Yeah, just leave it here. And they're like, "Yeah," and then Lily, he sure did. And Eddie was playing, <laughs> but I don't think anything. They don't think they ruined it or anything. But whoever listens to it will hear sure hear some childish noises, and they all laugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fade two. Dick Willett, Disc Jockey Studio, number five, listening to Herman's song. And at first, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to listen to the whole song. They're just going to eat up time listening to this <laughs> song over and over again. And then he explains, oh, you know, they had a tape with some auditions on it. The kid took the recorder, seems to erase everything but this one. So because of that, his kid, obviously, is a, like um, a musical scout. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's an A&R. Uh, the one that the kid kept. This has got to be a hit, right? Who's your A&R? Uh, some kid with the old tape recorder from 1965. <laughs> <laughs> I you never see him. Maybe this kid, maybe he is like an adult. They never actually do. Get <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bud Willett is an adult <laughs> that hangs out with Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Bud Willett was here again. That dude owes me. Yeah, that's why bucks. grandpa's like, he's back. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Mm-hmm. No, we banished him. No reason for adults speaking out with our child. This other guy don't know who he is. It's like, oh, sure is different. Has an out of this world quality, and the guitar is really different too. Is it? The guitar doesn't seem all that different to me. I don't know. It's mm. an acoustic guitar. I don't know. There's nothing about this at all. What Herman has done that is like new or no. experimental. He just sang. Maybe no one had ever heard a parody song before. No. Oh yeah, he's the first Weird Al. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, those aren't the real words to dr- dry bones. Mm. Isn't that the name? Dry isn't Dry Bones the name of a Mario villain? Yes, I love Dry yes. Bones. In Mario yeah, you Kart. little jump on the turtle and then he comes back to life. Boy, I hate this little bastard. You got to play him in Mario Kart because he's like the best. In Mario Kart, really? Oh, I was yeah. just playing Mario Party earlier today, and he's not anything special in there. Um, yeah, maybe his personal preference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mario Party, though. <laughs> his his dice sucked. It was like one one two two three three or something like that. Like, what's that? <laughs> Um, so anyway, uh, they're like, but just for kicks, old uh, Dicky boy, Dick Willett, he's going to play it on his six o'clock show and see if it gets any reactions. And then the producer boss guy, I have no idea who this man is. We don't. He's, get a, he's probably station manager or something. But we didn't like get a name for him or anything. We don't know who he is. He's like, I don't know. You don't think it's too corny? And Dick Willett's like. Fuck you, too corny. What are you, an idiot? Uh, with the way music yeah. industry is nowadays, I hope it isn't. I hope it's corny enough. Oh boy, really 
skewered wow. the music industry right there. Mm-hmm. Nah, Take yeah, that, modern radio. <laughs> but yeah, let's let them have it. The things they play these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So corny. I remember the good old days when it was a big band. Oh, yeah. That, that's way less corny. Yep. Fade to the monsters coming to the dinner table. There is not an episode where they do not spend time at the table. True. True. They're going to eat. Ta-da, a live chicken. Like, what? <laughs> ah, it's got to go back. It hasn't been cooked enough. Oh, wait. Yeah, I it's not, not done. That. But Grandpa's like, oh, it sure looks good. <laughs> Grandpa's I, going I, to eat a live chicken. I, also, I, you it's, I mean, I guess in that little, you know, tray thing that she came out with, but like, wouldn't you notice before you came out of the kitchen that the, the chicken was still <laughs> like alive, moving? Yeah, yes. trying to get out. That is well, yeah. the feathers on it and everything. Yeah, you yeah. don't cook it on the tray. That's a serving platter. It's not a cooking dish, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. that means Marilyn took it out of the pan and it still had feathers the on chicken. it and was moving. Oh boy, yeah, Mar- probably like howling in pain. Yeah, <laughs> Marilyn <laughs> might not be that smart, guys. We used to think that she was a smart one. Maybe she's yeah. not. Uh, yeah, that's probably that's one that that's one shock against her. That's one shock against her. Yeah, keeping track. Grandpa wants to eat the live chicken, and all I can think of is like the, you know, where the term geek comes from. Circus like the, geeks. Uh, yes, I just mm-hmm. watched uh, Nightmare Alley the other day. Yeah. yeah, they used to bite the heads off of live chickens. Oh. That's all I could think of, and that's yeah. where the term geek comes from. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I I would like a like a monsters updated version where it's like. You know, it's like this fun family thing, but like every once in a while, something really like dark and creepy happens. Like the like the live chicken comes out, and they're like, "Oh, we should probably cook it more." And then Grandpa's like, "No, I'll eat it." And just like rips it to shreds, and or they just and, devour a live chicken. They don't even yeah. say anything about it. Herman just picks it up, starts ripping parts off, and just snaps everybody. the neck, yeah. and then they pass it around to each other, taking mm-hmm. bites out of it. It's like oh. all family friendly sitcom, and then every once in a while, something <laughs> just shows up, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> weird." So Marilyn takes the chicken back. Eddie comes in with a transistor radio to the table, listening to some uh, very generic, like 1965 rock and roll music. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, very like, uh, nothing going on. Very mini Munsters esque. Yes. Uh-huh. And Lily's like, I've told you a million goddamn times this radio does not come <laughs> to the table. <laughs> and he's like, but they play some really neat music on this station. And then, then we get the, and now it's it's. It takes the place of the newspaper in this episode. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yes. I'm surprised they weren't reading the paper and like, look at this radio station gets interesting mu- <laughs> recording. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Just a, a visual representation of the audio. <laughs> <laughs> it like has a lyric spelled out, like note chord changes. <laughs> that would be awesome. But uh, like on cue, though, they're like, now for something really different. Here's an unreleased recording by an unknown artist. Mm, Herman's like, turn it off. All they do is play junk. And then Herman's song starts playing. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to hear the whole song again. (laughs) And we do, man. I I really enjoyed this portion of the of the thing. Yes, I was just going to say Herman is outstanding in this little chunk. This is Mm -hmm. maybe one of the top Herman moments of all time. His reaction to this is so funny. His face his eyes get wide, his <laughs> mouth just drops open. And he's just scooping beans. Everyone else is so repulsed. Yeah. Marilyn brings in the fully cooked chicken. 
And then Lily's like, junk is right. It's almost as bad as Herman singing in the shower. <laughs> oh Cuts to Herman yeah. mouth the game. Yes. And then Marilyn, just listen to that awful voice. <laughs> Grandpa, <laughs> it sounds like a werewolf with laryngitis. Eddie wouldn't even listen to it at the dinner table. Lily says, the worst oh. thing she's ever heard. Oh Wouldn't you agree? Her the worst thing she's ever heard. This woman has been I, alive for centuries, and this song is the worst thing she's ever heard. And she can't recognize the guy she's been married to for a hundred <laughs> yes. years yes. singing. Exactly. It sounds um, like Herman. Yeah. No, I thought them like shitting all over the singing was like it was way over the top and annoying. Mm-hmm. But Herman sitting there, like. <laughs> Like a deer in headlights, <laughs> yeah. But constantly still scooping beans <laughs> the whole time. He's got a giant spoon and he's scooping <laughs> beans onto his plate. And he's like, uh-huh, it, you, uh-huh. you think this is like a like? Mm. So I'm trying to like analyze what Herman's thinking in this moment because, like, to me, it almost seems like he is frozen, like totally focused in, like shocked that his own voice is coming through the thing, not even listening to what everybody else is saying about it. Like he doesn't. He's so like. The look on his face, is, mm. it's almost like, he, you know, like when he was earlier, when he was scared of hearing his own laughter, mm-hmm. it's like when now he's like hearing his voice on the radio and it's like taking his brain, his brain just freezes. Like, how is this possible? Well, I, I'm here. I'm not speaking, but something's happening. And I don't know. There's, I think he's also excited about it. But the fact that his entire family is just yes. like, this dude sucks ass. <laughs> and he's like, uh, I don't think he hears it. And at first I thought. Maybe he wasn't <laughs> sure if it was him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell, but that's like, why I love it. Like his face just like has like well, a, an untold story. Thousands of like ideas are like going through his head at that moment. Mm-hmm. You can tell like, oh, and he's, he's sitting there, He's like, oh, I'm going to hear the part where he says that's how Hermie baby was born. <laughs> and then I'll know it's me. Mm-hmm. But all the same while he's, he's addicted to these beans and also <laughs> Grandpa and Lily and Marilyn and and Eddie are just like worst thing we've ever heard. This is the crappiest thing ever. The werewolf on laryngitis. And so he's like, as he's really realizing it's him, he's also like, I can't tell anybody this right now. (laughs) It's terrible. Yeah. And Mm. he's not just scooping beans onto Mm. his plate. Oh my God. He's scooping them into his cup. He's scooping (laughs) them everywhere. And then he's like, oh yeah, it's terrible. What'd you call it? Grandpa? A werewolf with laryngitis. Ha, 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 ha. And everybody laughs. And beans continue to get scooped. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) This is, I can't stop laughing about this. I don't know. Like, just his face is so funny. It is a really good moment. It's one of the better Herman moments. But the thing about it, nothing about it is monstery. Yes, the chicken. But he's just scooping up baked beans. Yeah. Nothing mystery about that could be any old no family. but just the the combined look of on, oh yeah on, on his face with the beans was killing me the whole time because <laughs> it wasn't stopping yeah and then i don't think you could do it without fred gwynn's like a masterful facial <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah fred gwynn is is amazing in this episode overall but this is one of the best parts he's just like <laughs> just uh like yeah. he's ready to be excited that he's like oh this might be me and just <laughs> keeps just going like and also like i think he's like, eventually like when i ask him what's he think and he just starts scooping you know he's scooping the beans on there and i'm like 
why doesn't anybody ask him why he's scooping so many beans? He's obviously just trying to distract from everything, but like uh it I I really enjoyed it. So we go from bean stravaganza <laughs> fade to the radio station again, and they're going through tons of mail. Just like it's like letters to Santa Claus. Yep. Uh just so many bags of mail coming through. And that was all- that actually was a few weeks ago when we talked about letters to Santa. I do yes. remember that. Yes. And it was all requesting that song. And then, which made me think, how did radio stations work in the sixties? You had to write a letter to request a song. You must have, or you call them, I guess. How untimely. Yeah. Then? Like yeah. you used to just call the radio station and be like, can I hear this? And they'd be like, no. And then you'd be like, all right. <laughs> cool, but so right. these people wrote letters. Mm-hmm. They said, send a self address stamp envelope to KBL five or whatever they are. And, We'll play your song. And, uh, ooh, <clears throat> and they read them. A really different singer. A simple, unaffected voice. <laughs> a modern day minstrel. Poignant. Sexy. Sexy. And the guy's sexy. like, sexy. He's like, oh, that's from the old lady's home. I'm like, oh, <laughs> poor Herman. <laughs> it's going to be the radio station's biggest gimmick ever. They're going to play it day and night. Could be the biggest thing since Burl Ives put a blue fly in every ear in America. Yeah. Keith. What the hell does that mean, Keith? Uh, Blue Fly is um, Jimmy Crackhorn. That what? Okay, you got to explain what you said to me. What? That, Blue Fly the, is the Jimmy song. Crackhorn. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy so Crackhorn the and I don't care. Yes. That song is called is called Blue that's Fly. Called Blue Fly. And it's not called Jimmy Crackhorn. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Blue Tail Fly. Uh huh. Um. And so there's a there's one thing that says a song by by uh burl eyes obviously is the one that he's referring to but um jimmy crack corn or blue tail fly is an american song which first became popular during the rise of blackface uh minstrels uh-huh. in the night oh. in, in the 1840s it regained huh. currency as a folk song in the 19 in the 1940s the beginning of the american folk music revival and has since become a popular children's wow. song um wow. Sometimes and there is know. something that it did say something about, despite its its uh, start with uh, blackface minstrels, is that it has it's one of the few songs that actually I think held on because of the, like the lyrics and stuff behind it. Does a does a blue fly appear in the lyrics at all? I I have no idea. What are the lyrics to the song? I need to look uh, this up. Jimmy oh, Crack Corner. I don't care. Is the only thing I ever knew about the song. Oh, it was a favorite of Abraham Lincoln. Oh, here's oh. Yeah, okay. This minstrel song had abolitionist attitude with it, and so that's one of the reasons that it, it kind of held on. So the blue tail fly uh bit the pony that the master was riding on. The pony run, he jumped, he pitched, he threw my master in the ditch, he died, and the jury wondered why the verdict was the blue tail fly. It was wow. not the person singing the song that uh maybe smacked the pony on the ass to make it buck and throw the mask oh it was a fly. Okay. that's my guess i like that that's uh, that. okay. kill your masters there we go mm-hmm. uh they lay him under a simmon tree his epitaph is there to see beneath this stone i'm forced to lie victim of the blue tail fly jimmy crack corn i don't care my master's gone away Real poignant and night a very popular eighteen hundred song, bringing it to the limelight. I guess it was you said it came back in the nineteen sixties. Old Burl Lives, the snowman yeah. himself. Eastern Illinois, Burl Lives. He went to Eastern Illinois. Uh, I don't think he graduated from there, but yes, he did. Oh, much like me. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Burl Ives of this podcast. That's, right. <laughs> that's what I've often said. Yeah. I am fade to the monsters in the living room listening to the radio. The song is Lily is making a clay bust of Herman. So yep. it has returned. Yeah. She's pounding the head with a pellet. I'm like, oh my God, the last episode better have of the finished bust. That's all I have to say. Yes. I want to see the finished product. This has to be an episode where everybody critiques Lily's art. Mm hmm. So the radio's on. Everyone, please listen to the first few bars of the next song. And it's Herman's song, please. <laughs> and Lily's like, oh, there's that terrible record again. Herman, back to being in shock. He just Grandpa, Yes. Grandpa looks repulsed like he's going to vomit. The DJ, I can't remember his name. Dick Milburn is what I wrote yeah. down here. Um, Dick Willis. <laughs> Says, there it is, folks. The song we've had thousands of requests for. The offer still stands. If you are this singer, you'll get a five year recording contract. Dang. Exactly. Five years. It's a long for time. That? Yep. I mean, I guess back then, you know, they'll, they'll take what they can get. So. Yeah. He only got $43 for that five year contract. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, other people's made millions, but, you know. And, but, like, and they're. They played it because they thought it was like a spoofy type, like couldn't be a serious thing in the first place. Yeah. But now because of popularity, Everybody they're like, Ooh. thousands yeah. of people are requesting. Grandpa's like, can you believe a recording contract for a no talent bum like that? Herman looks like he's going to explode. <laughs> like, <laughs> And they're like, call now. The number is Zenith 9460. So Herman gets up and he's mumbling the telephone number to himself. And Lily's like, what are you mumbling about? And he says, it just so happens that no talent bum on the radio is me. But for some reason, they hear the radio, the person singing. They hear the person who sang it speak to them. And neither of them can believe it. Yeah. I mean, you're singing that terrible song. I don't believe it. I'm like, well, how can you not put two and two together? Yeah, Munster family, you're not this dumb. It does sound like him pretty close. Mm -hmm. And he's he's saying on the show before. So it's not like here's the thing. They didn't establish early on him singing poorly. Right? Like if if in that first episode, if he came in singing uh out of the rain, it's like I'm singing out of the rain, you know, like Mm -hmm. like, oh Herman, Mm -hmm. stop singing. Like, you know, if it was like that, then you'd be like Okay, then you get the gag of him being a really good singer when no one's looking. But yes, yes, I agree. I mean, doesn't he sing like a really like cool opera song when he's got the ham radio? Yes, but that's a yeah. different episode from it's like forty episodes yeah. ago, Keith. Yeah, it's a different continuity. No, but I'm saying like at various different times he is sang during this sure the run of the show and never sounds like awful. And they no. do say that it sounds like Herman singing in the shower. Yes. So they even said earlier that it does sound like it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they just can't believe that it would be Herman. Then from there, we fade to. I'm like, my God, the commercial break is going to be coming soon is what I thought. Mm-hmm. Fade to Herman on the phone, and the whole family's watched him. The dude on the phone mm-hmm. doesn't believe it's Herman either. He's like, well, I'll sing a few notes for you. And then he sings, and it's terrible. It's bad. It's yeah. really bad. Nothing like, like he did earlier. Mm-hmm. For some reason... The dude, the dude on the airline, um, skirt, skim, Dick, Dick Willard, Dick Smecton <laughs> believes it. He's like, okay, he believes it, and he and everybody's excited. 
everyone who hated the song and shit on it is excited for Herman now. But I don't know how you would be like, oh, yeah, that's you, dude, because yeah. it's insane how like how poorly he sang. And I was like, is it because the rest of the family is sitting there? That's what I figured. Like, mm-hmm. if he has an audience, he's no good at it. But then Herman's like, you know, everybody shut up. Because remember, when a star's on the phone, you gotta shut your fat fucking mouth. <laughs> and he pulls the cord, and like the uh, the uh, the coffin closes, and Herman recedes into the wall. And he's like, "Now, Dicky baby, about that contract." <laughs> <laughs> now I mean, we got, get our first commercial. Break. I got pretty yeah. excited here because this is I love it whenever Herman gets into something and like takes on a whole new personality because of it and all that. Yeah, and I as soon as he did that, I was like, "Oh, here we go again. Herman's gonna be it's like the same the personality as movie star personality." Yep, yep. Our first commercial commercial break comes with only ten minutes and thirty seven seconds left in the episode. <laughs> Seems kind of late, yeah. Yeah, it's like wow. Fade back from the commercial break to Herman sitting on the couch reading Downbeat magazine, and he's got it held up over his face. The radio says Herman Munster has been at the number three on the top 40 for two straight weeks. Herman drops the magazine and he's wearing sunglasses <laughs> and a bray. Yeah. And he says, go, baby, go. I love that. I love that. Just the sunglasses bray. He didn't change like the shirt or anything like that. Nope. Then we have this weird horizontal blinds mm-hmm. cut to Herman signing headshots with a quill. <laughs> <laughs> and Marilyn comes running in. Running in frantic. I need your help, Herman. Right away, I'll go Herman, right away, blah blah. It's like, oh, what's the matter, dear? Grandpa's lightning machine is on fire, and if you don't go down and put it out, it'll <laughs> blow up the lab. And then, yeah. then Herman's like, oh, it's for Grandpa. I'm gonna tell Grandpa that I'm much <laughs> too busy to see him right now. Perhaps next Tuesday if he makes an appointment. And then there's an explosion, and Grandpa comes flying <laughs> through the trap door, and he's stuck up in the rafters. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I guess the lightning machine does come back in a way. A little weird way. I forgot about that. And then Herman says, would you keep it down? I'm trying to concentrate. And Marilyn is pissed, even though she should be mad at herself because there was no way, even if Herman said, oh, my gosh, he could have got there before the explosion happened. So she should have either put out the fire herself or Mm -hmm. went for help earlier. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or just scream for help. Like, yes. It, this is as much on her as it is on anyone else. Because <laughs> that explosion, no one could have prevented it, except for Grandpa, no. probably. Yeah, let's be honest. It was Grandpa's fault. He came blasting up out of that door, <laughs> and it was pretty funny looking. That was pretty funny. Yeah, they had weird sound effect with it, too. Like, yeah, the reverse slide whistle or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We fade to Herman is in the bedroom, and he's plucking his eyebrows <laughs> in front of a little <laughs> handheld mirror. <laughs> He's got a handheld mirror in front of him, plucking eyebrows. And then this Look. also has weird sound effects, like clink. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Every eyebrow he, like, he drops <laughs> like makes a, a loud noise. Sound. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Are they just a bunch of staples or something? Like I don't know. It could be. Lily's trying to sleep in the background. She gets up. It's 5 a.m. an hour past her bedtime. Hmm. Herman's getting ready so he can go look his best when he signs his when he signs when he sings his song on live television. And this blows Lily's mind. TV. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know the guy's name. Uh, Mr. Filler Band has his own TV show. Dick That's Willis? not it, right? It's Dick 
Milk Willis. Toast has his own TV show, <laughs> and he toast. was smart enough to beg Herman to be on it. Great. Dick Breadman. Dick Breadman. Lily is concerned because, you know, Herman, he's good looking. He's got charm, but he's never been in front of a camera before. Herman's like, don't you worry if the fans flip out at my voice. Imagine what will happen when they see my face. <laughs> and then I'm like, he's going to be on TV and everyone's going to leave the studio. Yes. I thought that's where this this whole episode was going. It's like he was going to be revealed to like either the radio people or the TV people. And it's like going to like blow their minds or something. But and like, I know he looks at the mirror and it cracks, but like if he was on TV, like, like you'd see all the TV screens crack or something, maybe what something if weird oh, like that? it was like Halloween three and he goes on TV. <laughs> oh God. Everyone goes insane and bugs come out of their eyes or whatever. Children's heads start melting and yes. bugs come out. Yeah. Yeah. Is everyone gather around, gather around children. <laughs> <laughs> but Herman's. He gets up. He's like, I'm going to go downstairs and work on my golden voice. Warm it up. And Lily's going to go to back to sleep. Oh, and the mirror breaks. We haven't seen that in a while. Oh, that's we? right. So he's sitting next to this mirror and the camera does this weird transition to reveal the mirror. I'm like, well, that mirror is going to break. Mm-hmm. And he's plucking out those things. It's like, imagine what they have when they see my face. And then he turns. He's holding a mirror, looking in the mirror. And that nothing happens to that mirror. Mm-hmm. But he turns and looks at the big giant mirror and it breaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he says, just, It's been a while since we've it seen it. It has been a while. It's like a, an old throwaway staple from the previous season. Yep. Something interjected to make it feel more monstery. Yes. And then he says, I'm going to go work on my golden voice. Why don't you go to sleep, little lady? <laughs> and then we get a series of. Oh, Family Guy esque things. This is where the episode slows down. Slows down. So there's this weird thing. Lily says, "I wonder what'll happen if he becomes a big star." And then so she lays down. Right? Does that weird like eyes closed instantly? It's down. Yeah. And then it makes like a weird like here comes a dream noise. Yep. And like then a pinwheel is, transition of some sort with it? Well, no, not on the first one. And then she wakes up. So I wonder if they filmed four of them, but they didn't have time. So she instantly wakes mm. up. And then she goes, hmm, will success spoil my Herman Munster? Oh. And then she goes back to sleep. And then we Name get the drop. pinwheel transition and a dream about Herman singing. And he's dressed in leather and he's got the hat on. And it's yes. like my favorite part from the yeah. modern movie. Yeah, he looks just like him. Yeah, he's singing a song, and there's go-go dancers all around him. And I'm like, oh, I want an episode just of this. Yes, yes, please. He's like an American bandstand or something like that. Yeah. But Lily instantly wakes up, and she goes, we're still. What if he becomes a singing star in pictures? And falls back to sleep. You think (sighs) that's bad? Imagine if Herman became... (laughs) An Oscar-winning music performer, and then he falls asleep, or she falls asleep in dreams, and Hermes wearing a tuxedo and accepting an award. I'd like to thank all the little people that helped me make this picture a success, but I can't because I did it all myself. <laughs> and people are applauding. And he walks that. up, yeah. he gives the the little award a flip, and goes into the back behind the curtain. Now Lily doesn't sit upright when she's awake. But she's still sleeping. And then 
that she starts to talk, and that's when we get the following clip. Mm-hmm. Of course, being the wife of a big star would have its compensations. <laughs> uh, well, Mr. Munster, would you mind telling the court just why you're divorcing your wife, Lily, after a hundred years of marriage? Not at all. <laughs> My psychiatrist advises me that as an award-winning box office giant, my monumental ego requires that I change wives as often as I change my socks. Why oh, that no good two-timing <laughs> deaf ham. Because Lily wakes up from a dream and calls him a two-timer because <laughs> of a dream. Yep, yep, and thus it begins. Yes. Oh, man, it just this is such a weird a thing I never would have expected to see coming in, in any of these episodes is weird, like dream thing. Where, and again, every time she lays down, like she does a quick little nod to the side, boom, out. She's <laughs> like, done that in other episodes, though, too, when she falls asleep. Yeah. And, and but it's like because they do it three times in a row, and every time you're just seeing her like directly the whole time, and then boom, like even when she's talking about how there could be, um, being the wife of a popular star. Could have some compensation. Yep. That's a weird way to put it. She's just talking (laughs) to the cam, talking to the people. OG Deadpool. Yep. Just like Deadpool. Yeah. So then we, from there, we fade to Lily and Marilyn come running into the dungeon where Grandpa and Eddie are sitting. Lily's like, we got to find a way to ruin Herman's career. That dream she had was the last straw that broke the dragon's back. Oh no! Come I'm like on. you're, God, you're reacting like. Mm. Every once in a while, my wife will wake up in the morning and she'll be pissed off. I'm like, "What's wrong?" She's like, "No, I just had a dream." Like she's so angry at the dream she had, <laughs> and I'm assuming it's about me because, like, why else? I'm just like, you can't be angry at a dream. It's just your brain conjuring up shit. What are you gonna be so upset about? Well. Grandpa, very receptive to the idea. He's become such a ham. And Eddie's said, I asked him to sign my report card, but he said, please, Sonny, no autographs. <laughs> I like that line. Then Grandpa, looking through his big, big book of spells, which is very much a throwback to the first season. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like, hmm, falling star potion, hmm, box office poison, which made me laugh. And then here it is. <sighs> Nothing muffins. Okay. Okay. <laughs> First of all, what does a falling star potion do? I don't know. Do you like drink it and like you just like become a star falling out of the sky? Like no, like um like a movie star, but like they you know, instead of like they lose their popularity and stuff, probably like the falling star. Oh, okay. So the potion because yeah, because you also because then you looked the box office poison was right there with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's all, so- all these things about Taking you from I being see. a superstar to being nothing. Yes. And then yes, so you got nothing muffins. Falling stars, box office poison. Those are actually some sort of common phrases for movie stars. Yes. And then we get yeah. yes. nothing muffins, which <laughs> is a hundred percent conjured up. Um yep. it just rhymes, so that's probably why it is. <laughs> it is not even a hard rhyme, it's a very nope. loose rhyme. <laughs> nothing muffins. Uh well, it's like what the fuck's a lo- nothing muffin? Uh, it's 
<laughs> I mean, we all uh, wonder that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if what, that, what was that cereal? Nut and honey. Remember that one, Keith? <laughs> oh, I love that stuff. That was great. <laughs> what you eat for Nut breakfast? And honey? Nut and honey. It was called Nut <laughs> in Honey. So yeah. nuts. So, but when <laughs> they said it, they're like, "Fine, don't tell me." That's what oh, this reminds me wow. of. Nothing muffins. Mm-hmm. That's a real cereal. Yeah, it was. Okay. <laughs> so, Grandpa's like, "Well, one bite of a nothing muffin is guaranteed to turn anything good into nothing." I'm like, oh my gosh. Lily's like, will it work? Will it work? Fuck yeah, it'll work. 30 years ago, <laughs> a fellow sat down in Detroit with a box of them, and the next day he designed the Essex. I couldn't find out what that was. I'm assuming it was, it was a the failed Ford car. Essex or something like that. I yeah. hope it was like somebody attempted to make like a, a, an amphibious vehicle, and it was like half boat, half car. Oh, yeah. That's what I hope it was. I'd love to have one of those. Anyway, that's all Lily needed to hear. Oh, the Essex, they suck. Um, <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm going to go make some of these muffins right now. Big batch. But damn it. Herman's been on one of those diets ever since he found out he's going to be on TV. He won't touch any starches. Grandpa's like, not worry. I'll cram that shit down his throat if I have to. And they all laugh. <laughs> <laughs> they love that. Yeah. Yes. Like, uh, like, okay. <laughs> it don't matter what it's going to take. I'm going to force that shit down his throat. Mm-hmm. If I have to. You're strapping to that table down there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yep. Fade two. Lily's trying to get Herman to eat these muffins. Herman's like, wow. nah, can't eat a muffin. Got to practice. Practice my song. Then Lily smacks her spoon on a pan that has the muffins in it. And outside <laughs> is Grandpa. Marilyn and Eddie. Grandpa's got his French Revolution outfit on again. Yes, yes, I love that. He's like, that's the signal. And they have a fucking cannon <laughs> pointed <laughs> directly into the kitchen from outdoors. Yep. So they load a muffin into the cannon. It, the muffin looks like clay. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't yep. want to eat one either if I was Herman. No, it they, looks gross. They push one in and they fire it. Uh, well, her, you see Herman singing in the other room and he's opening yeah. his mouth very <laughs> wide. Yeah, yeah. He's like over enunciating his words. And his mouth is wide open. The cannon fires, launches a muffin <laughs> directly into Herman's mouth. You don't see it pass <laughs> over the gums through the nope. uh, past the gums through the teeth or whatever. Um but you can still see the string attached to it. <laughs> I didn't Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> um so Herman's got uh like a tampon? What is it? Like Keith hanging out, string hanging out of his mouth? What's going on here? I it I mean, it's just like a, it looks like a fishing stringer, you know, that's oh. attached to the thing. So when it shoots into his mouth, like it must, you know, they just had it hanging there. I thought just... they had to find a way to retrieve the muffin mm-hmm. when it was all done. They need to get it back no. so they can do it more takes <laughs> if they need to. <laughs> so Herman's got a muffin in his mouth. He swallows that shit. He doesn't <laughs> say a single thing like, what the fuck no. just happened? He's like, oh, flying muffin. Good with yeah. me. Like, and it's lucky he didn't like turn like to look out the window, like to the right or whatever. And I like, just see his <laughs> grandpa and his revolutionary outfit with the cannon. You would think the sound of the cannon firing would make him flinch just a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sound of his own laughter scared him out of his jeans. <laughs> like, imagine a cannon blasting right, you know, 15 feet away. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Herman. Like direct hit, the muffin goes in and down. So Herman goes to sing, and his singing voice is ruined, and he sounds like a chipmunk, just like the sp- uh, sped up forty-five. Yep. 
But it isn't just his singing voice. His speaking voice is fucked up, too. So he's right. Grandpa comes running in. Is something a miss star? Herman pissed. He's screaming for help. Help, help, help. (laughs) I'm finished. I'm ruined. Kaput. Blah, blah, blah. Herman is so upset. He gets up. He smashes his guitar against the cabinet. (laughs) Every smash, Grandpa becomes more and more erect, I think. The man is so (laughs) excited at what's happening. He's just like, yes, yes. So this is what he means. The nothing muffin, anything good into nothing. Yes. So So by nothing, he means turn it to chipmunk voice. Yes. So just Mm -hmm. this specific thing. So you'd think it would be very specific, right? So the nothing muffin, when given to a car designer in the 30s, created the Essex. Yes. Yes. So from what I understand is it had nothing to do with the design, just that his voice changed and then he designed just a really bad thing. (laughs) He couldn't present. He couldn't present well. Yes. Yeah, his voice didn't change. He just created the essence. Herman eats the muffin. His singing voice becomes terrible. His speaking voice, too. He can't help but sound like a sped up record. Yeah. So Lily goes, Well, now, Poopsie, simmer down now. Simmer down now. You just have to <laughs> learn to face reality. Cancel your TV mm-hmm. appearance. It's like, Can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, if I do, can you buy me a new guitar? Of course. Then they laugh. Herman laughs in his chipmunk way. Lily laughs. Grandpa laughs. They all laugh. Final what commercial a, break. What a weird mm-hmm. like way to resolve this. Yes. Herman's just like, oh well, like Yep. Oh shucks. He it's, like you the first thing he should think of is like, wow, some strange like almost magical way my voice has changed i wonder how this happened <laughs> yeah. will it wear off before my tv appearance i can't I, I just can't wait to find out i'll cancel my tv appearance i would almost have rather him gone on like with it even yes with the voice it'd be amazing first yes. here comes this big freakish uh, yes. Frankenstein's monster yeah. with a guitar walks <laughs> on now stage sounds like Alvin and the chipmunks now yeah. it sounds like a chipmunk yeah so we come back from the final commercial break now remember <sighs> credits will roll at any time the funniest yep. thing could possibly happen happens <laughs> yes it's always the whole family is sitting around in the living room eating these motherfucking muffins yeah they're all having muffins now everyone but Herman is eating this muffin Lily yeah. Uh, Marilyn, Grandpa, Eddie, they're eating the muffins and they're talking. And Lily's, uh, yeah, they're spilling the beans. Marilyn says, We ruined your career because we love you, which is a very toxic <laughs> relationship sort of thing. Yes. It is. Yes. And it's very Munsters as well. Like, yes. yeah. Yeah, you were turning into something weird. No one wants a freak for a father. <laughs> I did like mm. that line. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> and then Herman looks very sad. He should be like, this is heartbreaking to realize your family. He's every time he gets successful, this family his drags family him down. Intentionally sabotages him. It's yeah. kind the of same sad. family who's always trying to like have grandpa make some kind of uh, concoction in, you know, in season one of like, so they could make a million dollars. They suddenly have like a singer who could probably make more than that. And they sabotage it. Yes. 100%. He looks so sad. And he says, well, since you all put it that way, I'll do it. 
I'll quit my dream of being a star. You <laughs> <laughs> like the sound of silence playing in the background of this. Like, yeah. Hello, darkness, my friend. This is like, we fucked up your shit because we love you. Yeah. How shitty is that? He's a Frankenstein's monster. That should put him in a rage. He should burn down the house right there. Yes. <laughs> all of, of mindless yeah. rage, just tearing yes. apart brick by brick. Yeah, I love that. Now, Grandpa says, yeah, they do. Ugh, they totally deserve death and destruction by the hands of an enraged monster man. <laughs> Just ripping them apart limb by yes. limb. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, Grandpa says, I hate to say it, but you're a nice guy. No Norman Vincent Peale, but a nice guy. Keith? Uh, Norman Vincent Peale. Uh, he was an American Protestant clergyman and author best known for popularizing the concept of positive thinking, oh. especially through his best-selling book, The Power of Positive Thinking. Okay. Wow. Well, there, there you go. go. Um, well, Herman's not that guy, but still a pretty nice guy. So Herman, I'm like, I'm not fine. I got to go off to bed. And they're like, no, no, wait. We want to sing you a song first. Uh, and I'm like, they're just rubbing it in. They're going to sing his song to him. Uh, that's what I thought, too. I was like, what? <laughs> but then they sing Jolly Good Fellow. But all like chipmunks yeah. for because they were eating those muffins and none of it makes any and, sense. And but, did Herman make those muffins for them? I don't he know. Just made a bunch, I guess. I just, you can't really just make made one, a bunch one of muffins, right? You gotta make like six at least. So the muffin, <laughs> like I don't yeah. understand how this muffin works. Yep. Because at first it was like, okay, the muffin ruins what's good. Okay. Yeah. It and turns then it's good first, into nothing. At first I was like. Oh, they're all eating these muffins. They're being assholes to Herman, and he's going to leave the family. That's what I was thinking, right? Yeah, yeah. No, they just make them all sing like chipmunks because they <laughs> sing "Jolly Good Fellow." So, yeah, this is this like further solidifies like the muffin doesn't like actually turn quote unquote anything you're good at into nothing. It just changes your voice, like no matter what, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't like go to each one and like analyze their personality and their skills and like reverses it to make it bad. Nope, it just goes straight for the voice and changes that. But That's the all. The thing does. is, they were just speaking to Herman, and <laughs> yes. they had normal yes. voices. Yes. Well, and and he's sitting there making sure they each take a muffin, which is why I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> they're he poisoned. Ma- <laughs> like he cooked these up this time. <laughs> he's gonna kill. <laughs> and he, and he wants to get back up, and each one of them is taking it and. And like, did they not like? I would be like, shit. We just gave Herman one of these muffins the other day and ruined his whole career. <laughs> what is he giving us one for? I like, sure hope these aren't nothing muffins. Yeah. Well, uh, this uh, is or, so or nothing muffins. I mean, goddamn. Oh, key. <laughs> key. Oh, this key. episode was almost flawless, and then you did that. <laughs> yeah, it was. Wow, we were, we finally kept it clean this whole oh, time. Oh man. <laughs> Nothing muffins. Somebody, oh Keith. All right. Well, we need to rerail. <laughs> we need to rerail Keith. the episode after you say something like that. Uh, let's rerail them back into the episode, guys. <laughs> mm. Oh no, man! All right, but they all laugh like chipmunks. Credits. We literally almost made it to the end. <laughs> oh, wow. What an episode. Uh, we did it. Yeah. Season two, episode 12. 
words. Uh, will success spoil Herman? Uh, what do you guys think? I, I'm not sure what to think about this. There is some like really great parts. Like um, Fred Gwynn is outstanding in this episode. Just this whole concept of like the whole family just bashing him. Like whether they knew it was him or or after, and like really trying to ruin a potential like successful music career for him is just—it's such a weird, baffling thing. I don't it's understand it at yeah. all. Yeah, but Fred Gwynn is uh, is uh, a standout for sure in this. Um, so I've got kind of mixed the feelings of whether I liked it a lot or not. I agree. It's like it—it doesn't feel very monstrous. Like we don't ever get like the. I know we complain about it like, oh, every episode always leads with the reveal of Herman to everyone. But like this was a pretty good setup, I thought, just with the way like Fred Grin plays it with like his shocked face every time he hears his own song on the radio. It's that is so funny to me for some reason. But man, just every time there's an episode where his family just like tears him down and sabotages the things he loves, like it's almost more depressing than funny every single mm-hmm. time to me. I feel bad for Herman because I like Herman so much. And like these guys just never support him. It seems like mm-hmm. <laughs> like it all because of a dream this time. Not even because, you know, sometimes Herman does go a little too far with all his like personas and stuff. But this time it, the crux was just the dream Lily had. And uh, yeah. And then the nothing muffin. Like I still cannot figure out what this thing's all about. To me, it's just a voice changer. And uh, all the grandpa spiel is just nonsense i don't know yeah also like that the crazy like opening of the thing with grandpa like and then that not really ever coming back up or not being meaningful for anything seems like a real waste like that seemed like they were onto something there like they just told al lewis to just go ham it up for a little bit we got this other non-monsters episode we need to convert mm-hmm. yeah I, yeah i don't get any of it to be honest um i really wish they would have done anything else with this premise they could have done so much stuff like what 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 if he does go down to that the radio station they're like holy shit we can't put you on tv (laughs) so then they face for radio like that's a joke what if they do like it's a radio dj job yeah but i was thinking more of like a uh the the steve martin movie roxanne and what was the uh like the uh it's based off uh, like an italian yeah uh uh, surround uh is that what it is? Yeah, something like that. Cyrano, you know, right? that's the one that. Um, man, who's the guy that? He, so he's got the really long nose, mm-hmm. and he's talking to somebody else to help with meeting the chick. But I can't yeah. remember who the other guy is. Is I keep I keep want to say Rick Moranis, but I know it's not. No, it's not. It's probably like Steve Gutenberg or something. Um, but like, so the whole point is like, well, he's too ugly to 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 woo this woman he loves. Well, what if Herman's like? Off stage singing and somebody else is out there singing for him, right? Like mm, anything. That's else, good, right? Yeah, that's a good idea. Anything other than the sabotage angle, I hate it so much. Yeah, I really do. And they spend so much time playing the song over and over <laughs> and over again. They just waste time. This 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 show is the worst at wasting time. The episode does have some funny moments, so those beans are amazing. I mean, even if I don't like the sabotage moment, like Grandpa firing a cannon and the muffin into is is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and it's totally like, how does this even work? Why would they come up with this solution? (laughs) And there, there it is. It's like it's the we need to monster up this this script that was meant for whatever my three sons or uh, whatever my favorite Martian doesn't matter. Uh, Probably Quincy and me. 
The yeah. Quincy ME. Yeah. Yeah, they just they tack on the mad scientist at the beginning. They tack on this weird cannon muffin bit. <laughs> Muffins <laughs> that uh, change your voice. I don't know. It's so goddamn stupid. And I wish it wasn't so stupid in those points because it's just like, yeah, whatever. And the way it ends is like it's almost depressing. Like they're all together laughing about it. But Herman really does just seem like sad about it the whole time until yep. he laughs at the end for whatever reason. But if we know what we thought. What did the internet think? Yes, yes. Uh, well, would it be would it surprise you if I said CC the movie man hyphen one is back? Yes, it would. Because he's not, and I'm sorry. Oh, dang, but- don't do that to us. <laughs> don't <laughs> Jimmy, do that. Jimmy underscore oh. the underscore oh. gent four is back though. CC the movie man okay. hyphen one son, we all assume. Yeah. Um Herman the Pop Star is the title of this one. Eddie borrows the friend's tape recorder um, and Herman records a song on it. It turns out Eddie's friend's father is a DJ and plays the recording on a show. Some more, a very funny episode. Herman Mm -hmm. sings the old folk song, blah, blah, blah. Um, Gary Owens, later of laughing, plays the DJ. Herman starts Mm -hmm. acting conceited and the family wants to stop his music career, blah, blah, blah. Um, Dressed like Marlon Brando from The Wild One. Funniest scene is Grandpa ruining Herman's voice with nothing muffins. His voice sounds like one of the chipmunks with an exclamation point. One out of yeah. one found it helpful. No review. No uh, stars. That's just the curse of Jimmy the underscore the. Yeah. Underscore yeah. I have trouble taking him serious. I know. But it's the only review we have this week. Yeah. That's it? No, there's not, yeah. Didn't we have a couple last time? Yeah, last time we mm-hmm. had some new, some fresh blood, but wow, they, but they must not be watching a succession. Maybe they just happened to stumble upon the episode somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, we did it. We made it through this episode. Yep. Uh, it, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't no. great. It was just there. But yep. what it exists. was just there while we were watching it that made us go, huh, I'll come back another week. Maybe it'll pay off. Uh, Fred Gwynn. I mean, he's oh yeah. As much as like I think like Al Lewis, like and maybe because he lived the longest out of between the two of them, uh-huh. seems to be like what most people remember is Grandpa Munster a lot. I mean Herman like has so many of these episodes where he just shines regardless of any dumb stuff that we all are like oh god about an episode. Like he is such a standout in this, and it's the singing and playing guitar, and then just his the look on his face with the bean scene and everything. It just it's the bean scene. Yeah, yeah. I I'm more you know, just keep throwing more of this uh Frankenstein monster at us. Skip his grotesque family. Mm. Wow, there's a good idea for a spinoff. I like that. Herman divorces <laughs> Lily. He, <laughs> he goes out on his own. Travels town to town solving mysteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. becomes like a stunt man or something, and yeah, has oh, to that'd be self crimes. Or maybe he becomes a mortician, and because he already is one kind of sort of, and then he like you know gets angry <laughs> every week. It, it, oh my gosh, it's it's just episodic, uh, <laughs> dealing with the corpse every week. He finds an <laughs> oh man, Herman. Yeah, he's just got to stuff a corpse every week, prepare it for funeral. <laughs> I'd love that. It's like a heart, very serious drama, like mystery thing, but like <laughs> they just replace the main character with a Frankenstein's monster and nobody like addresses it or anything. Nope, never. I would watch that actually. And well, an episode, just see how it goes. <laughs> you take a very serious drama, replace yeah. it with a Frankenstein's monster. 
Everything's set in the real world. There's like nothing else supernatural about it besides nope. him. And no one like it's blinks at him. I would love it. Matlock, but with Frankenstein's monster. I'm looking forward to hopefully they do more of those like uh really dramatic shadowy shots like in the beginning. Like, mm. That was awesome. Throw back to the Universal Monster stuff more often. That that always usually works for me. Maybe they'll start mm. doing that again. It seems like the camera work has gotten better in season two. So I, I agree with that. Something had to. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. At least something improved. Yeah. So when Herman was scooping beans, all I could think of was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. When uh, Richard Dreyfus is making Devil's Tower out of mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I hope that happens. I hope Herman makes food sculptures. Uh, we've seen Lily making <laughs> sculptures twice now. Yeah. I need yeah. Herman to like <clears throat> be tr- in, <laughs> addicted to beans and making something out of them. You know, the Lily's statue kind of did look like the same material the muffin was made out of. Oh, what if it was? What if that was like how you made them? You had to make a clay bust of the person you were going to make the- of your victim. Oh, yes, yes. You had to then- make him eat it too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it chanted it with some sort of voodoo, carved off pieces of the clay to make muffins, and then maybe the cannon was like the catalyst. It needed to be launched from a cannon. Mm-hmm. It had to be moving at like a specific speed. <laughs> yeah, eighty-eight miles per hour. Yep. Uh, who knows? All right, we did it. Mm-hmm. victory is ours well then we should end this episode the way we end every episode right oh yeah definitely sure anyway, oh, evil kilo con lives inside computer circuits with the help of malcolm frank he creates megavirus monsters to attack electronic systems meanwhile a freak accident turns sam collins into servo his friends join forces in their samurai's attack vehicles Together, they transform into the Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Superhuman Samurai. Superhuman Samurai. The Monster Hunters are Derek Glasscock, Keith Gala, and Terry Vickroy. Keith is the host of the Pop-Up Filmcast, and that was great, wasn't it? Both shows can be found wherever you subscribe to podcasts. For more about Keith's shows, you can follow Pop-Up Filmcast on Twitter at Pop-Up Filmcast. And that was great, wasn't it, at How Great Was That? You can also follow Keith on Twitter at KG3030. Terry is one of the hosts of Run the Reel. It's a movie podcast that does deep dives on films with a theme. You can follow Run the Reel on Twitter at Run the Reel. You can also follow Terry on Twitter at Terry underscore Vicroy. If you would like more musings from me, you can follow on Twitter at Derek the number nine and the word nine. Follow Monster Hunters on Twitter at Monster Hunters and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice for more Monster Hunter fun. Monster Hunters is mixed and edited by me, Derek. All original music is composed and mixed by Terry Vicroy and executive producers are me and Keith Gullett. The Monster Hunters is a Crispy Dodo production.